Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Hey, One Church Teal family, you are in for a treat today. I've got the Mongolia team that just went down last month to support Badmo, who you're going to hear in a couple of minutes. All right, team. Hello. Hello. All right, let me hear it in that true Mongolian language. That's beautiful. All right, let's just jump into this. So I know planning this trip was, it was a little tough because we were a little bit last minute behind the eight ball. So um, how did you feel before going on this trip? Yeah, I was pretty uh, nervous, you know, it's pretty far in a place I did not know where it was at all. So I was excited to go. I really was looking forward to going on this trip. Um, to be honest, I didn't even know where Mongolia was, so um, I had to go look it up. And just for everybody to know, Mongolia is north of China, south of Russia. When we looked at the uh, schedule of what was sort of expected or what they wanted us to do, I had to look at it and say, do we even have the skills to do this? Because it wasn't a direct match between our backgrounds. So there was a bit of nervousness, that a willingness to actually participate, but not quite sure if there would be a fit and if yeah. we could make it work. I thought it was wonderful just the way we all started coming together. That was actually one of the, the strengths with actually the team dynamics and how it ended up working out all together when we were on in the field doing the work. Everyone kind of found their lane and it was almost like it was a perfect match in the end. Mm-hmm. And you didn't plan for that because not many of you knew each other before you went on the trip or you no. knew, no. some of you knew no. each other, but no. not everybody knew each other. So I see some people laughing so you really got to know each other on yeah. this trip. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I think as the trip went on, people, um, their, their gifts came into into Deeply. being and yeah. it just turned out spontaneously how God used yeah. all our gifts together. Mm-hmm. So you've prepped, you've done as much as you can. I remember that last team men- meeting frantically filling up suitcases with all the stuff, turns out what we thought we needed. And um, so you're you're ready to go. I remember the, the text message I received that you've landed safely from BART. Um, so you're going to sleep. What did that first day feel like on the ground? Pick up and go. (laughs) Tell me more about that. What did that look like? Yeah, we landed, um, and I think around 1 o'clock, we got to the hotel, and we had to actually pack all of our gifts because we just threw stuff in suitcases, but we had to prepare them and have them inside of gift bags and sort them out and (laughs) bake pencil cases and packages for children. And that was, what, until 1.30, maybe till 3 o'clock in the morning, but then we had to be up by like 6 or 7 a.m. to have breakfast and leave because we were driving about two hours or an hour and a, hour and a bit to just outside of UB uh, on a road made of dirt and holes uh, <laughs> to go see a boys and girls club, right? You know, one of the life skills clubs. So we literally landed and just bang right into it. We didn't really have time to kind of... So you had to be flexible. This oh, is yeah. Like, the oh, whole yeah. the whole model for this whole trip is <laughs> TBD. TBD. <laughs> what was that? TBD. TBD. There we go. Okay. So you had to be adaptable. Yeah. Now, I know one of the main thrusts of the trips was to work with this life skills center. Mm-hmm. 
And what's really neat about this school is that they work with state schools, or the, the group of teachers works with the state schools. So these are government-funded schools. Um, tell me something about the teachers that you got to work with. I felt that they were really strong professionals. They had been mm -hmm. doing the teaching in the schools for probably five, six years, and they really knew what they were doing. Um, the course is really designed well in that there's one day of classroom teaching where the children learn some content, and then there's a second day that's a club day where they come together in a more casual, interactive manner and actually talk about application of the um, things that they talked about in the classroom. And um, Badman was saying that the approach of the schools tends to be much more, um, the teachers are much more sort of like from a Soviet perspective, where they're more sort of instructional, authoritative, authoritarian, whereas this group of life skills teachers, I was so impressed that they were much more interactive with the students. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I believe what Badman also said that some of the other teachers in the schools are starting to pick up on some of the skills and strategies that the life skills teachers are um, using. So mm -hmm. I thought I was very impressed with yes. their abilities and their teaching skills. I would say we saw a need with students and, and, and we saw the teachers um, fulfilling that. You know, uh, they you could see in especially our first day there how they were working on character skills and the answers they were giving. The kids were telling us what they want to be when they grow up mm -hmm. and the type of life they want to have. And that's a result of the type of programs that are being run in the Boys and Girls Club. Right. They, they were also like teaching like the kids about um, what's unique to them. And like um, their abilities, like the way they look and stuff like that, is not similar to what other people. But like, yeah, that's what they that's what they learned, and that's what they were like sharing with the class. Tell me a little bit of the work that Badma is doing that down there, and this partnership that we are, you know, just starting right now with him. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I think it's tangible, real life change. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said uh, mm -hmm. earlier, it's you. You are seeing the transformation mm -hmm. of young people who maybe are not living in the most ideal conditions, mm -hmm. and maybe don't have the best backgrounds or best history with abuse or substance abuse or parents in the home. And you're seeing the change that, with the consistency of a club or the consistency of a social worker, um, Badma is really provided a network um, across multiple schools, across multiple programs that allows for um, a, a good teaching about morals, about character, about how to be a good citizen, how to, about how to grow in yourself and personal development. And you're seeing that trickle down into how um, certain kids are choosing uh, different life paths and uh, choosing mm -hmm. to have a better life because um, their situation as it stands is not something that can um, be sustainable, you know, they're dealing in very hard situations mm -hmm. and they, they are seeing an out. Oh, I can choose a different life path if I am honest, if I treat myself well and don't abuse drugs and if I uh, choose who my friends are and they're seeing mm -hmm. that type of ripple effect. I think we could see it with the, how the kids reacted to the teachers, like when we went into NALAC. Mm -hmm. um, I know at one point we, they asked us about Canada and somehow someone started singing in Canada. We all ended up singing in Canada. Standing up and everything. And then they, when we were finished, they they stood up and sang their national anthem yeah, too. Right. Uh, I think it was a, a, yeah. a great time so we knew mm -hmm. what uh, Canada's yeah. national anthem was like and, and they responded. Mm -hmm. They were all very shocked that we were all 
Canadians. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Especially Bart. <laughs> Actually, especially uh, Charlene. They thought she was Mongolian. Yes. <laughs> okay, Larry, I'm going to pick on you. We, we picked up on a bit of your skill set when this was a God moment because we knew you were a contractor and a designer and a, a builder. But we didn't know the need down in Mongolia. And tell us a little bit about this awesome table and chair that you were able to prototype. So we went to this uh, ger, which is the the tent. It's a very poor family. It's a it's a um, a mother and two kids. Um, the girl's about twelve years old. The boy is about nine years old. The husband is an alcoholic. He's taken all their money and left. Um, so they're left. So we went to this gear, so the team comes inside, and we have to measure up the table to see what sort of table, how big the table needs to be. And um, as we're measuring it up, I hear the girl starts to sniffle. She's getting real emotional. Then we realize that she's just so overwhelmed that this team from Canada, halfway around the world, has come to make a table for her and to give her something. And before you know it, uh, Cheryl's uh, sniffling and crying, and Sandra's sniffling and crying. I start crying. <laughs> and so that was a, a moment, you know, when you go overseas and do these trips, you want to touch people's lives. Yeah. And I felt that was certainly, I think we all felt it, that we're actually touching someone's life yeah. just by visiting, first mm-hmm. of all, and giving them something that they really need, this table, to do their, their homework. And I asked one of the people on the ground there what they've been doing uh, before the uh, table and chair that we were seemed so simple to bring or to build for them. And he said that uh, the the kids usually just kneel on the floor and do the homework on the bed on the bedside. So and the floor is it's it's cold. <laughs> you know, we were yeah. there in early October <laughs> and it was already cold enough to be doing that for however long. And that's just normal for them. Mm. And now I'm hearing, I've already heard back from Badma that this prototype that Larry's created is now going to be replicated throughout these villages, and now kids will have something Canadian-made. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, where did Jesus show up on this trip? And I want to hear some real raw stories. We boldly invited everywhere. We split yes. up into two teams, and everywhere we went, we would invite them and say, "Listen, we're going to be at church. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have we're going to be having programs for the kids, um, and we would love for you to come." And people came. They mm-hmm. they actually did come. We had somebody who was telling us about their testimony about how he went to the city, um, the big city, UB, and he uh, was hurt and injured. Um, and they had to go to the city to go get, you know, uh, some medical treatment. And if uh, machinery had fallen on his leg and mm-hmm. he found some Christians that were there who told him, you know what, we believe you're going to get healed. We believe our God is going to heal you. And he was healed in a week mm-hmm. after his leg being broken wow. and everything falling on it and having to travel so far. He was healed and we encouraged him. And Larry did a great job encouraging him, saying, listen, you, you have leadership qualities on your life, and uh, we want to see you get involved. Mm-hmm. 
involved in this church. We want to see you get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked for prayer for his wife. He said, I, I do believe. My wife does not believe. Uh, we said, well, bring her, and we want we want her to come and experience it. Wow. Um, and and that's exactly what happened. She came, she, she came, came to church that, that Sunday when we were there. She came yeah. to church. Uh, and when we pr- asked for, for those who wanted to give their life to Christ, she was one of those people uh, who said, yes, I do want to change my life. I want to mm-hmm. give my life to Christ. So I remember when the opportunity came up to go to Mongolia and partner with Badma, um, the state of Mongolia was, was dire. It's, it's fragmented. The family system seems mm-hmm. broken. And um, our plan is to actually send a trip next year with what's come out of this, this trip and what you mm-hmm. pioneers have done in Mongolia for One Church TO is what's come up is that they need counseling help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've got a whole church family here. What would you say to somebody that is on the fence about going on a trip? The experience is one gain from being on one of these trips. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whether it's something that you've gathered through your, your visual and hearing senses mm-hmm. or something that God has placed in your heart, mm-hmm. they're irreplaceable. And that's mm-hmm. what I would tell somebody, that you don't want to miss out on that kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Because not only is God at work, I believe, mm-hmm. in those people that he's bringing in, us in contact with, He's working each and every one of us who are on the team as well. Mm-hmm. Each and every one according to our individual needs. He's, he's, he's speaking to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The gospel by its very nature is meant to spread. Yes. And I yeah. think by the very nature that God commands us mm-hmm. to go, that is linked up with the gospel. It's meant to go and it's meant to spread. The more that mm-hmm. we do that, um, it's less about what we're physically doing, but us mm-hmm. being there, it will start to flow out of us. That's what the yes. Spirit of God does. And it sounds like it was more of a partnership versus we're going to come in with our North American exactly. expertise, exactly. but we really, mm-hmm. our intention, I, I heard it from the team, was to put our ear to the wall and ask Badma, what do you need? What yes. do you need? Yes. How can we come alongside? Yes. And they said, here's how you can help. And it sounds like supernaturally, yes, a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. came together. The one thing I found, I realized too, right? It, it also extends to here in Canada, because when I told people at work that I was going to Mongolia, they were like, "Mongolia? What's hey, in Mongolia, that, right?" Mongolia. And yeah, what's in Mongolia? Why would you need to go there? It gave me an opportunity to open a door for, sure. for me to tell them that, you know, um, as a church, you know, we're we're going there to minister and so on. And with that love that we have, they need the they ask for us to help them with something, and so we are going there to do, to do just that. You've been back for a month. What does your day-to-day look like, and how has this trip influenced how you see the world, your neighbors, your friends? I think going on a trip like this, you get to get out of your North American, Canadian comfort zone, and, and you get to see how the rest of the world uh, lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we went to this uh, gear round tent and um, these people whatever you see that's all they have just two beds a, a, a stove and a chest of drawers and that's it you get to see how people live in a poor, very poor situation and and it helps me identify with, with, with people like that mm-hmm. to know how people in those poor countries live um, so when we get back, we could pray for them and, and know what they're going through and, and what, what the need is. Come, like coming back, it, um, like it, I was really appreciative of like what I have. And like I realized that I, 
take advantage of like a lot of the things that we have here. And there's so many people that just have like nothing. Yeah, nothing. So you know, one church teal was praying for you while you were there. I felt the prayer of the you know the people back home and everything. And I just I am grateful for all these people that's pray for us, not just me. Pray for all of us. So. To me, that that just tells me that, you know, we were covered mm-hmm. in prayer. So. so, Mongolia team, I love the heart. I love the impact that was made. I'm sure Badma would say the same. One word to describe this trip. Go. Expansion. Discovery. It was exciting. Impacting yeah. lives. Unfinished. A blessing. Humbling. Fantastic, and I can't wait to go back. <laughs> Sorry, but I have to <laughs> Hey, Mongolia team, thanks so much for all that you sacrificed. I know your lives were changed, and I know that you changed lives in Mongolia. Can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Badma has been overseeing the ministry of Genesis AOM, which pioneered the gospel into Mongolia after the communist system collapsed in 1991. Badma continues to focus on three main priorities for Mongolia. Helping fathers to become good role models, educating systematic corruption through biblical morals and values, and inspiring churches and Christians in every sector of Mongolia to effectively impact others by God's love. Despite the huge challenges, including harsh climate, uncontrolled urbanization, corruption and poverty, Badma, along with his wife and three children, are passionate about seeing the growing church transform Mongolia and its people. Please welcome Badma. Hello, One Church Tio, and thank you very much for your warm welcome, Pastor Dan and uh, Pastor Jonathan. And uh, I really appreciate your especially Mongolian team. I have to say that their willingness to serve and, uh, and determined to be uh, taking risks, actually, and uh, being on the road for 14 hours on a dirt road. And uh, I want to show you this table Specifically, we asked the Mongolian team to uh, design some kind of uh, table for the families, for kids to do their study, because most of Mongolian families don't have uh, study tables for their children. And, uh, and he, Larry, came up with this idea, and uh, it's a foldable, actually. It's very useful, actually, and along with the chair. So kids, when yeah. the kids come back from the school in the home, they can use it as a, as a study table. And we're going to make as many as possible and give it to many families. Well, uh, Nation of Mongolia has been established over 800 years and known to the world by its warrior, Chinggis Khan, who actually built the largest land-based uh, empire in 1300s. We have a long history, but uh, another way, we are actually a relatively very young nation. We just became independent from USSR in 1991 when communism collapsed. At the same time as the country opened to the world, gospel came in and changed many people's life. And church started from the scratch with no Christian background at all. And in 1995, I was about to become a a teacher at university, and a friend of mine shared me about Jesus. And every time we met together, we used to talk about girls. And now he just seemed like he couldn't stop talking about Jesus. And we had a lot of arguments. 
And I thought this Christos has nothing to do with us because it's a Russian religion. And the Buddhism is our religion as a part of our national identity, identity and keeps us becoming rationalized. So I had a dream on one night. I was running away to stay alive because there was a war. It was a very, very real. So I was scared of death and thought, what will happen if I die? And then this thought came into my mind, which my friend told me, that if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. And when I thought this, it gave me a sense of hope. And following day, another friend of mine asked me to come to church. He seems like uh, very excited about this Jesus. He's just a new Christian. And, and, and I went there together. I've seen there are lots of young people you know, gathering together. It seems like they're having a good time. You know, there are many of them they're raising hands. And it seems like they're very serious. And uh, some of them close their eyes. And I've seen some of them very emotional. So I was wandering around. But what really grabbed my attention was the melody of the song, the music. So I liked the music. I start the following the song. I start uh, singing the the words and enjoying the, enjoying the music. And I didn't pay and thought about what the, the lyric was saying about, so I was just enjoying the music. When I say the word like uh, Jesus loves you and he died for you on the cross, all of a sudden these words came alive and made so much sense to me. And I couldn't help and I started crying. There was a, such a tremendous love pouring into my heart, which I never experienced in my life. And it start, I realized that how I was a selfish in the light of his self-sacrificial love. And I started talking to God. And my, and my life changed ever since. And my dad was a military officer, and he used to drink a lot. When he came home at drunk, he started behaving aggressively toward my mom and siblings. And I, as I grown up seeing this, I hated him and distanced myself from him. Since I experienced his love and forgiveness, the God spoke to me, and I start, I start talking to him. I started restoring our relationship. So ever since, our relationship improved a lot. And I try to share about my faith to him. But he is a kind of guy who jokes, uh, make a jokes a lot. He didn't really seriously thought about Christianity. A year ago, we had the opportunity because the Alpha course became valuable in our own language. And this was the first time that our church is running Alpha. So I asked my uh, dad and mom to come into our Alpha course. And they actually joined. And uh, it, it first four or five sessions, my dad seemed like, you know, didn't know much about Christianity, but he was making jokes and having a good time with his friends over the table. And when we have a session in a weekend, there was opportunity to pray for those people who were willing to be prayed for. So my dad actually wanted to be prayed for. 
So we went and prayed for him. And he, all of a sudden, he started crying. And uh, at the end of the Alpha course, ended after two months, he actually came up in front of the church, he publicly admitted. He felt something. He, he knew there is a guy who loves him. And God touched his heart. And he publicly admitted he, 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 he now son of God. And mom started, my mom started going to church. There is still a lot to process and go, but they seem like a happy couple now. As a first generation of Christians in our country, many of us, whether you like or not, you start carrying the leadership roles. And uh, myself actually involved in the last 20 years in a church planting evangelism, traveling around to Mongolia and preaching gospel and helping the local church be established and training leaders as well. Even though we had such a short history of Christianity in the last 20, 28 years, there are over 30 missionaries sent and working from Mongolia to the places like Afghanistan, Turkey, Tibet, and Uzbekistan. And one of the things God blessed us with was uh, unity. And uh, we find it quite easier to connect each other, even though there are different denominations out there, because we are all, in the end, we are all friends, so it makes us to work together on easy. And in 2010, the Lord started speaking to us. And, uh, and he's telling us that gospel is not just being confined by the things we do in the within four walls of the church. And we start realizing that the gospel is a gospel of kingdom. It's about impacting society and the disciple nations. And church is supposed to be his representative and assaulting light to the world. And then Lord is leading us, letting us to see what was missing in our nation. Because we, as a young nation, being independent only 30, uh, 28 years, there are still lots of challenges that we face as a society, especially dealing with the families. And we start seeing that there was no one seems to be bothered to teach the children who are actually 50% of our population, what is right, what is wrong. Even most parents don't know how to relate their kids and show care and love to them. So when we see this, it really broke our hearts to see many children never develop the, the sense of self-value and self-worth, someone who deserves to be loved as a human being, and never learn how to understand himself or herself and understand others and having how to establish consistent relationship. So all of those good biblical teachings and values that we had in a church all those years, but actually we never thought about to taking it, export into to our society. So we decided to write a curriculum put all these good teachings into a school curriculum module designed for non-Christian children and parents. 
There was a school in an old mining town which our Mongolia team visited there. This is the most poverty-stricken area with high unemployment and domestic violence because of huge uh, alcoholism. This school gave us opportunity to run our program. We were given a class of 11 years old and they were considered as a one of the worst behaved classes and many of teachers were frustrated working with them. So whole year passed, we did our best. It involves lots of prayers. It involves lots of fun. And also it involves classroom teachings. It went well. And it given us greater opportunity to have more classes. Even we designed programs for fathers to help them to have a better role models to their kids and better relationship with them. Because Mongolia is a kind of top-down culture. Once the fathers, the male in the house changed, it's easier to get the wives and kids being changed. So we see the father is a key person to bring, whether he bring blessing to the family or he better bring the cursing back into home. So we developed a program that father and son or father and daughter coming together, having fun, having some good activities, good times, really get to know each other. Actually, they never, many of fathers telling us that they never had in a life actually talking to their kids and really interested, took an interest into the, the world. And, uh, and kids were happy, actually. Kids were reporting back to our teachers that because our fathers changed a lot. They start talking to me, start playing with me. And the whole you know, family relationship is changed now. And become wives and mothers were happy. So I want to encourage you guys that the gospel is, has a power to transform individual lives. But the gospel beyond that, the gospel is gospel of kingdom. It has a power to transform families and disciple nations. We were commissioned by Jesus Christ because he says all the authority in earth and heaven given to him. And he delegated this power and commissioned us to disciple nations. Because nations made of all these different social sectors, social economic sectors. And we've been sent to, to engage all these sectors, to represent him wherever we are. So I, I encourage you because the church is not just a local individual church, church is a, Church of Jesus Christ as a global church has given the huge task to change nations. The Bible ends a story with, especially Revelation 21 and 23, it says, when the city of Lamb coming down on earth, Jesus made the world new, and his city became a light of the world. And nations pouring into his city, and kings of nations bringing the glory and honor to the Jesus. 
which has been transformed by the gospel. So Bible is about, gospel of kingdom is about changing nations, engaging with the nations, discipling nations. So let's believe, let's explore and discover further what it really means when he tells us all the power and authority given to him and given to the church. It's not just talking about certain ordained pastors or, or priests. It's about talking about all the believers and followers of Christ called the church. We are supposed to take this gospel and represent him and practice our faith wherever we are. And we do have also global vision to disciple nations. This is the opportunity for us. We can engage through whether your physical involvement, whether your financial giving, all these countries listed behind all your bulletins. So I want to pray for you guys. Thank you, Jesus. What you say is you commissioned us that all the authority is given to you in heaven and on earth, and go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Lord. We take it, uh, we want to see it in a new light, in a new fresh way, Lord. We want to discover what it really means, Lord, your power who resurrected Christ from death is given to each one of us. And your church, Lord, is, has a power to transform nations, Lord. And uh, Lord, continually build us, empower us, and challenge us to disciple nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.